Welcome to episode 32.2, our Letters from Beyond mailbag Q&A mini episode, where we'll be reading listener questions and trying our best to provide deep, meaningful answers. So deep. <laughs> oh, you're being serious. We'll also be asking each other questions just to keep things lively. Before we begin, I would like to thank everyone who took the time to send us their queries on Twitter and Facebook. We are also on Reddit and Google+, but if you'd like to reach us direct, feel free to send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. You're welcome. Let's dig into the letters. First up, we just got a tweet from Hankel Lantern at Unscreenable Nam, which I think is supposed to be Unscreenable Name. He asks... It's Nam, as in Vietnam. Yeah. Will you guys go out with me? Check yes or no. Yes. Uh, I'd like to check both boxes at the same time, please. What's a box? <laughs> Something that I'm told I should think out of. Oh, oh. And yeah, we, we'd all love to go out with you. Yeah. Uh, we'd, you know, see a movie or something. That'd be fine. As long as you're buying. Those guys are all single, but uh, I am, I'm actually married, so it can't go beyond. For to space. a girl, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, loser. Just do it in the ear. God can't see you if you do it in the ear. <laughs> he can hear you, though. <laughs> what? It's his favorite thing to listen to. (laughs) Let's move on. Uh, The next question comes from Benjamin Davis on Facebook. He asks, where did the sponsor idea at the beginning of the podcast originate? I think we were making fun of it because we just thought it'd be like five people listening to us ever. We did it really for ourselves, I think, so we could entertain ourselves and make it up funny stuff. Yeah, I think it was part of the, the joke being that successful podcasts have sponsors. And since we didn't think we'd ever get any sponsors, we'd just make up our own and hope nobody noticed. <laughs> but they got a little crazy after after a while. <laughs> yeah, after a while, we just kind of started going for all the crazy stuff. They couldn't account for their success until I came along. That's we still true. can't count, but or, or have success. Nobody likes accounting. <laughs> yeah, oh, and honestly, it was a uh, an opportunity for me to sort of practice writing so and, and try to be funny about it which i'm typically not in my writing <laughs> i usually go straight for the jugular horror type stuff so mm-hmm. it was uh it was an interesting experiment that i think has uh lived on and these guys have helped me flesh out the rest of it so it's yeah. been it's been great I enjoy those. I need something for the podcast tomorrow. Hurry up, kind of moments. Yeah, where... I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it up in about twenty minutes. <laughs> Sorry. That's when I have the most fun when I make the commercials that I do. Is when I'm like, you're like, I need something today for something tomorrow, and I'm like, shit. I think that's honestly the most fun is when you have to kind of come up with it on the spur of the moment. Yeah, Matt and I have come up with a couple ideas. Like, hey, let's get breakfast. So we can put something together. <laughs> yeah. I don't get invited to those breakfasts. No, 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 no. This is a creative breakfast. <laughs> so we got a message on Twitter from Mike at Filthy Coasty, a new follower as of, uh, I think, a couple weeks ago. Yay. He says, hey, loving the podcast. I'm on episode 29 and I had a question. Where did you get the name Phyllis Gagney? I ask because that's also my last name, and I've never once heard it in any media in 36 years. So it was pretty wild to hear a character on your podcast with it. Just curious because it makes me smile when I hear it. Keep up the great work. This was a rather simple question to answer because I didn't come up with it. It was already in the prepared scenario that I had selected for these guys. Phyllis Gagney was simply a character written in that scenario. 
unoriginal content. Which scenario was it in? She was the realtor, chapter four. Last yeah. chapter, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so uh, typically if the, if I'm using a prepared scenario, then I will simply keep what's there and then sort of, you know, use my time to inject other interesting things, which we'll touch on here in just a minute. Another, another question sort of asked a similar uh, theme. Maggie Powell on Facebook just asked tonight... How long did your group play together before you all decided to start recording? Do you all play any other dice-based RPGs? Why'd you spell it? Uh, I don't think any of us played together before we started doing this. Yeah, I I don't think so either. This was our first romp as a group. Yeah, because we wanted to do something like this. Brian and I did play back in the day, and I think we we talked about this in one of the early episodes. Mm -hmm. We played D&D for quite a while, I think. Yeah, from when I was little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was many years ago. We're we talking like tw- six, at least, at least six years. Six years ago. Six years ago. <laughs> uh, and then we did play a little bit of Call of Cthulhu, but oh, I think we only did a few adventures, maybe even just one. Yeah. I, I don't quite recall. But that again, that was like almost twenty years ago. Six so been years ago. Six years ago. And then, uh, then you know, obviously, I met these folks. I, I do do not have time to play any other RPGs, unfortunately. Uh, I do play some video games and board games because they're quick and easy to go, and I can get in and out quick. Uh, but these guys have just started playing D&D again. Yep. Yep, we just started a campaign. We're actually only one session in, but uh, all our character development, everything's set, and we're uh, well on our way to our first mission. So it's fun. And, and do you know what version are you, are you playing of D&D? 5e. 5, yeah. And then I also, uh, apart from the group, play a lot of D&D and Pathfinder. And looking at starting a Pokemon role-playing game, I know nothing about Pokemon. So. I just don't say, either. Just say I choose you, Pikachu, and you got it. I don't. I don't know <laughs> anything really about Pokemon. But I got a text at three in the morning that was like, "Hey, you want to do a Pokemon role playing game?" And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> I think it was a booty call. Yeah, it was a booty call. <laughs> so he put on his Pokemon outfit. <laughs> Maybe you misread it. Just said Pokemon. <laughs> Todd, Todd, if you're listening, <laughs> confirm that this is a booty call or not. <laughs> So the final question I had was from Pat Nebel at Rogiest Rogue on Twitter. She asks, when you are writing your adventures, how much do you borrow ideas, imagery, etc. from the various horror movies, books you watch and read? Can you give me an example of a specific scene or villain and what you watched or read that inspired it? Now, I do have a specific example here, but if you guys can think of any hmm. anything that I have introduced in the stories that made you think of... You know, a John Carpenter film or a story, uh, you know, something like that. Something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yes, I do borrow. I wouldn't say heavily, but it's almost an unconscious thing. I will just grab a certain uh, pop culture element. For instance, I did John Cleese in the uh, Contented Cow episode. Yes. But that wasn't really a horror film. Other than that, I do borrow quite a bit. Maybe some of it just for vibe and flavor. I know uh, Brian and I did reference a uh, uh, the John Carpenter film, Prince of Darkness. So I, we, we, we specifically mentioned that. But some of it is absolutely intentional. And for instance, in episode number nine... Dark Angeles, Mm -hmm. the investigators start off the scenario by meeting with Alfred Hitchcock at the studio. And in the lobby, they encounter a young mother with the last name of Jones and her baby, Jupiter. Jupiter Jones is one of the three investigators. A series of young adult books published from 1964 to 1987, where three boys in California solve mysteries and report to Alfred Hitchcock. 
If you haven't listened to the first 16 episodes of the podcast, here comes some spoilers. My use of this in-joke was also a kind of clue to the players that they were in a fictional universe, which Charles finds out the hard way in episode 17. Hashtag spoiled. So that, that was sort of like a uh, an oblique in-joke. I thought it would be fun because the timeline was right. I read that series back in, gosh, it would have been 1978. Yeah, I know I wasn't alive then. Uh, but in 78, in, uh, in middle school, I read that series. And then a friend of ours uh, collected them. And I reread them about five years ago. And they are just as great as always. So if you, if you haven't picked up the three investigators, seek them out. They're a little hard to find, uh, but they're on eBay from time to time as well. And they're just they're just fun. They're they're just they're almost like Scooby Doo and Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys kind of thing. Is that your recommendo? A, a more of a, a a supernatural flavor. So plus the Alfred Hitchcock component is is a lot of fun. A lot of people don't know this. But Jack Whiteside is actually based on a fusion of Short Round and the parents from Footloose. Or, or not. I No, I'm pretty sure this is exactly right. Before I invented this character, I did a lot of research into Louisiana. You did the wrong research. He went down to the grocery store and bought some andouille sausage. That's about it. There is a Whiteside family that did dabble in voodoo in louisiana all right well why don't we jump into any questions that you guys might have why don't we start off with gaby oh okay i got um one for everybody uh what if pumpkins could fly well judas we'd probably <laughs> have a hard time controlling the crops so all the seeds that they poop out oh wait no there'd be way less pumpkin beer which would be a great thing yes that's true too yeah they'd be harder to catch but more fun to carve open oh yeah <laughs> squirming and trying to get away matt you got a question for us this is for all of you. 100 duck-sized Cthulhu's or one Cthulhu-sized duck? <laughs> um, oh, my God. Well, if they were duck-sized Cthulhu's, then that would be a whole lot of duck tacos. And actually be calamari <laughs> plus duck tacos. So that'd be great. But can you kill Cthulhu? Yes, of course. Okay. Because we can kill a really big fucking duck <laughs> if it's only one. <laughs> well, I, but I think a big one would be hard to kill. Well, yeah, hard, but not as hard as trying to kill Cthulhu. A bunch of little ones would be just, you know, you just stomp on them. So. All right, Brian, you got a question for us? Um, I have a question for you. Okay, shoot. I don't know if a lot of people know, but you brew. You have a brew company. Yep, I'm drinking um, uh, Call of Cthulhu right now. Yeah, you decided to do an entire line based on Cthulhu. Yes, this year. Mm-hmm. Do a quick cover of, the, of what you named those beers in that line. That's not a question, sir. That's a statement. Uh, will you... <laughs> What I did is I set out to brew 12 beers, one each month, based on a Lovecraft story. You know, I'm drinking Call of Cthulhu right now, so it's a double IPA, Pilsner-based, very weird, kind of interesting beer, but it turned out lovely. Uh, on tap, I have From Beyond, which is just a, a galaxy-hopped, well, I just used a bunch of different specialty malts, so it's a weird kind of IPA. And also I have Cool Air on tap, which is a chocolate, peanut butter, peppermint, Belgian vit beer. That's the one we sampled. It's a really fucking weird beer. Yeah, that's it's all good. I can tell you. It's good. My wife hates it. I actually love it because it's <laughs> stranger than anything I've ever brewed, most likely. I mean, I could probably bring up the whole website, boomstickbrew.com. I did the Unnameable, which was an apricot brutta ale. The thing on the doorstep was the maple bourbon uh, IPA. The Haunter in the Dark was a pepper-based uh, stout. Uh, the Festival was the Oktoberfest I gave to all you guys mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, which I didn't really care for, but it was I thought was it fine. was great. Pickman's Model next weekend, Yay. which is going to be an English bitter. At the Mountains of Madness. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is nice. a uh, it's a brown, a pecan brown. Not a pecan sandy? That's the first 
Lovecraft story I ever read. We have a couple minutes left, so I'm going to launch into a couple of questions for you guys. And uh, the first one is obviously, what is your favorite Lovecraft story? Dunwich Horror. That's a great one. Uh, mine is uh, probably is The Outsider. Quite like that one. It's just really creepy and lonely. I'll go with The Rats in the Walls. That's uh, one of my least favorites. Wow. I don't really like that one. Or that that and Dreams of the Witch House. I Those are two that just don't hit it for me. Well, I hate The Outsider, so it's terrible. <laughs> Fair enough. Fight, fair fight, enough. Fight, everything fight. you love. Brian, any of the years? Uh, In the Mouth of Madness. That's not a Lovecraft story. Was my favorite movie. That, that's fine. Oh, that's what? Fine. It's a it's a movie. So back to the game. Uh, what has been the scariest moment for you as a player? We'll start with Brian. It was early on. It was um, driving down away from St. James' house. I don't want to ruin anything. Spoilers if you haven't like listened to the first 30 episodes. <laughs> And for seeing my first flying gaunt, the night gaunt that was attacking me and hitting the gaunt with the car and then going off a cliff. And then he just cut away and still, okay, we're going to go over to the other guy. <laughs> no, I need to know what the fuck happened. <laughs> that was, that got me. That was scary. Cool. Gabe? I haven't necessarily been like scared yet, but the one that's like gotten my, my adrenaline and heart racing probably was the first ever combat we had when we were trying to destroy the book and with the dynamite and the well. Yeah, that got pretty tense. Yeah, that was sure. a good one. And Matt, how about you? Probably have to say end of episode 17, Maria, in the barn with the green goo monster that was left of Stan Brophy. Yeah, Stan. When you know, I saw I could well I could tell that both Brian and George weren't doing well and they're about to go down and I was just stuck sitting there because of the role that I had made. And you're like, "Nope, you're blind and you're deaf and you're just kind of sitting there." And I'm like, "Ah." Cuz I, I like I wanted to help and I wanted to do something, but I would I couldn't move. Yeah, that's the one I thought you guys were all just going to buy it. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the end of it. We've been pretty damn lucky in all of our scenarios. <laughs> yes, we have. At the last minute lucky, a lot of it. <laughs> all right, just a couple more questions. Uh, what's your favorite recurring joke, Brian? Um, ooh, uh, taco fish, I think is mine. I love it. Taco fish is a good Yeah, you rip that fish right open, stuff the taco seasonings inside, bake at 350. I missed the pissing distance joke. That was, that was a fun one. I do too. Gabe, anything? Uh, I, I mean... Anything that has to do with screen doors. I mean, they're <laughs> not doors. jokes, but I mean, it's kind of my life, my livelihood. Yeah, Th- Thomas Douglas is on chat and he says, uh, I'm trying to think of a horror movie in which screen doors play a pivotal part. <laughs> the screen door inning? A uh, personal one. What's the worst nightmare you've ever had? Oh, Jesus. Brian? I had a reoccurring nightmare for several years. You know this one, Jeremy. I am pulled out of my bed by very large mice that are talking to me. Uh-huh. Saying, you've got to hurry, you're the only one that can do it. And they pull me into this room, which should be my hallway to my house, but it's a huge clock inside of a huge clock. And the clock is stopping and running down, and the springs are falling, the gears are falling from the... And if the time stops completely, the entire universe ends. And these huge mice with deep black beady eyes are just begging me and pulling me and clawing at me to fix time and i woke up in terrible sweats at least 10 to 12 times i've had that nightmare <laughs> Jeez. a night and i got it from secret of nim yeah of course when i was little i must have watched that damn movie and it fucked me up <laughs> that's true secret of nim is such a great yeah movie, yeah it was but it, he's it. right it's got kind of an edge to it all Love right it. let's move along gabe how about you buddy mine also comes from like a movie so when i was little like like very little I don't know how when this movie came out, so I can't add an age. But, like, I watched Scary Movie 4. 
and that was the first time I'd ever seen Jigsaw, and that just messed me up. And like for weeks, Jigs, I just I had dreams about Jigsaw just like toddling into my room, being like, "What's up?" That's, That's creepy as shit. Hey, Brian, Brian, put on your list to make sure to let Gabe watch Deep Red at some uh, point. Well, I mean, I'm not scared of it anymore. Well, you will be. Deep Red. <laughs> it's the it's sort of the genesis of the yeah. of the uh, Jigsaw little dummy character. Uh, Matt, how about you? I'd have to say, I don't know if you, you could call it a nightmare, I guess, but it's more of, um, I used to deal with, like, when I was a lot younger, I dealt with, uh, like, sleep paralysis a lot. Oof. Well, I don't know if you, if you don't know what that is, it's, um, when you go into REM sleep, when you're about to start dreaming, your brain actually produces a chemical that totally paralyzes your body so that you can't act out what's happening in your dreams. However, if you happen to wake up after you, after that, after, you know, you can't move. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away right away when you wake up, so you're stuck there, and you cannot physically move. And why that happens, I, I remember one of the times I woke up and I couldn't move, and I could, it was the most realistic thing ever. I swear I saw some like big black shadow at the end of my bed, throw the covers off of my bed, yank my feet, and just start running with me out of a room. And I, could, and it, I swear to God, it felt like I was being dragged, and I Holy couldn't shit. move, and I couldn't scream or anything, and it was absolutely fucking terrifying. That's creepy as shit. Well, in the, in the interest of time, I will not go over mine. <laughs> cool guy oh yeah uh-huh. plus it's way way too personal okay last question guys brian yes how will you feel when your character dies in a horrible way this is going to be interesting for everybody i think to hear i won't feel so bad for jack whiteside yeah he's a dick but i feel really bad about my other character i feel like i've abandoned her i feel like all of that emotion and that time that i put into her that maybe I shouldn't have moved on. And that was your choice. That was my choice. And I'm glad I made that choice. Um, it's allowed me to, to do different things than I normally would. She's a good character. All right, Gabe, how about when Roy goes? In this episode. <laughs> Roy is actually kind of just how I am as a person. I know that's not good, but I have to tone myself down a lot in real life when I'm around other people. So I really enjoy when I get to come here and just be how I really want to be. <laughs> That being said, I'm probably not going to take it very well. Like, I'm probably going to make some, like, throwback Lovecraft tales just to try and relive the times. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Matt, you spent considerable time with Dan. Yes. In one form or another. I know. I'm I'm actually probably going to be sad when he goes. Because, again, it's something that, you know, I've put a lot of work into. And you, you, you know, put a lot of emotion to the character that you play. And to see them go in some way that is probably going to be both horrifying and simultaneously hilarious in some way or another. It's, it's, it's going to be kind of sad to have to start over with someone new. My original goal was to do everything I could to keep him alive for at least one year. And we're just about at the end of that. So we are. So you're going to die in this episode. It hasn't technically been fully a year yet, but that was my goal. Right, was- You said for a year. So we got to get rid of him quick. So you don't meet your goal. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Q&A Letters from Beyond Mailbag. Please feel free to submit any questions whenever you like. And we'll uh, do a future episode with uh, more answers for you. So have a good evening and thanks for listening. Thank you. Good night. The Lovecraft Tapes is copyright 2017. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com.